Dear Ann Landers, my husband Dear and I Abby, are in shock. I'm extremely upset. My son got married in Dear Ann Landers, I'm very happy in Dear Abby. My wife is working out of this senior woman here, Abby. She thinks way too much of She had to get married. Dear Pod. gift. You've given so much to the Pineapple Ranch. I am so excited. I think it's going to turn like 90 and sweltering next week, so we're going to inflate oh, that bad daddy. Um, for the listeners who don't know, I got a very special gift from my lovely, sexy co-host, Ann Reinking. Uh, <laughs> he he gave <laughs> us, he gave the home a huge inflatable kiddie pool that has a bench built into it, which it excites me to no end. Because I said, I just want to get an inflatable swimming pool and and one I need I need it to be big enough to have a huge fat guy in it because that's the reality of an outdoor kitty swimming pool. It's not for the children. It's always for one huge guy drinking a beer who falls asleep in it and like dents the side of it. So and then dies because he's yeah, Brown. and then we leave them to float out there. Yeah. But I am so excited to inflate this. I've already picked out a spot for it and everything. So so now you've given to the ranch in a way that like we can record and then afterwards celebrate by going out in the back and, and marinating in our little backyard puddle. I'm very excited. Well, I'm very happy that it finally arrived. I, it went to the wrong address. And and thank God for Facebook, private Facebook groups, because the mm. woman posted, does anybody know these people? And she she posted a picture of our names on it. So it was across the street. It went across. And uh, I went to go get it. And I don't know what they're doing over there. You ever, I don't want to know about my neighbors. I don't. I walked into their house and I was like, what's going on here? Are you performing Santeria? Like, it was chaos. There were boxes everywhere. And she was like, we're doing a little bit of reconstruction. So I opened the box thinking it was, you know, one of the goats that we ordered. And it was it Didn't was have mayhem. my name on it, but I still opened it. I didn't have my, I just, she's like, I just naturally ripped it open. And she goes, and the husband goes, it's heavy. Do you want help with it? And I picked it up and I was like, it ain't really that heavy. And he's like, let me help you back across the street with it. I'm like, I got it. I know that I look like I'm a Muppet, but I do have some upper body strength. My jewels, unfortunately, does not. So I threw it on my back and I walked across the street and I just, I get it from her. And I was like, we didn't order anything from Amazon. She goes, it's a kiddie pool. So she gave away the the surprise. I'm so sorry, but she just, she yelled, it's a kiddie pool at me. And I was like, she home now? Can I go over You'll bitch slap her. Yeah, I, I think you could, Ding but they're, I think they're hoarders, so I don't know. <laughs> just, does it smell? No, there's no smell. There's just a lot of, um, I don't know what they're, what kind of projects they have going on in there. I'm just building a meth lab in the basement. No big deal. It's, it's the suburbs. Fine. It got to us, and I'm so excited. I did a little bit of pool. research. So. You did? I don't just willy-nilly things. No, this is what you say. You're a very good gift giver. I am. I can't wait until Christmas when well, we stop not. talking to each other. Well, let's just let's just get through the month. Let's not it's anticipate. Just August. Isn't it enough that we've made it to 20 episodes? I think we're done here. I think we're done. We're I think done. we can burn this village. I'm very happy with the fact that we're getting some feedback from our listeners, by the way. 
Oh, hey, I feel like now is a good time for me to welcome you to Dear Pod. Well, it's about goddamn well, time. Well, hi, welcome to Dear Pod. I am your host, Pocket Gay Mario Cantone. Oh, that's lovely. And I'm Lisa Lisa without the cult jam. <gasps> She's nothing without her jam. Yeah. And we're coming to you from the Maha'a Bar in the beautiful Pineapple Ranch. Can I hear it? <laughs> wow. That was so clean. Okay. It's so just, sad. What I love is that you know there was a guy who who specifically went into a studio just to record that. Uh, Alan, one more time, please. Um, I don't know. It sounded a little bright. Can we do it sadder, Alan? That's yeah, a- that's good. The Wawa mute was really effective on that one. And then the last one's like, Alan, Alan, and he's dead. <laughs> Alan's life was a Wawa mute. Dear Alan, what to say about a man who was so good at blowing? Well, and we're off to the races, aren't we? <laughs> You're talking. It's to a the good right time man. to be alive. Hey, 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 hey! I want you to rate, review, and subscribe if you haven't already. And I want to send some extra love out to our listeners. I got um, a special message from one of our listeners today who said that she cannot get the tune "Listen to Mail" out of her head, and it's driving her insane. Good. If anything, we've given now you right earworms. In. Yes. Yeah. Our only goal of this was to drive people crazy. Mark's uh, cousin who lives in Japan is listening. <gasps> Arigato. Yes. We are international. International. I like that we can look at our metrics and see that there's a guy in France who keeps downloading us. Just uh, one guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, bonjour. We are going to tour the Loire Valley, you and me. We're yes. going to find that one guy. I feel like he's in a remote village. Bonsoir! Bonjour! Je ne peux pas parler français! That's all I got. Parler, bon appétit. It's like the movie in the head of getting the angry engine where they do it for one person. Oh, yeah. We are. That is going to be our first tour. It's just going to be us and one person sitting across from us and just this. Thank you, Becky. All right. (laughs) Nobody named Becky is listening to us. You never know. Well, if there are any Beckys out there, please email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. Email us with questions or just comments. What's on your mind? Yeah. But nice comments because I don't have the strength. Oh, guess what? We have a brand new spanking pretty Facebook page courtesy of my jewels. He put one together for us because I didn't I have the it. time or energy. <laughs> and there's some pictures up there. So go over to the Facebook page and look for Dear Pod. Question Nudies. Mark. I mean, Dear Pod, comma. At Dear Pod Official. Oh, so it is. Okay. Everything. Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at Dear Pod Official. Go over there. Check us out. Check out some pictures. We have recipes on there for our specialty cocktails. And especially go to the Facebook page so that you can see a picture of a sultry Patty O'Brien relaxing in a 1950s Chevelle (laughs) with a top down. (laughs) What was that picture from? What were you in? Uh, it was a style guide. Outlanders or outsiders? Uh, it was a style guide for the New York Post. <laughs> From 1962? And we were doing this thing. It was, first of all, it was kind of a dream come true because I loved that car. Mm. We were at um, an old drive-in movie theater. Oh. And the girl was maybe seven years old. <laughs> was seven years old. I'm like, uh, I'm uncomfortable over <laughs> so it. From is, the Epstein collection. It is in the middle of the summer. It is maybe 112 degrees outside. I'm wearing a thick wool sweater, Letterman sweater, 
jeans. She's wearing like this long dress that does not fit. Oh. So we're all kind of like haphazard in these things. And we're trying to like, and we're outdoors. There's no trailer. There's no nothing, which is kind of strange. And they're like, okay, let's get the, let's get the Corvette. And they lower the Corvette off the truck. Oh. And then it falls off the truck <laughs> and smacks the front of the, the Corvette. This, and the man that was sitting there was like, oh, no, 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 no. That was his Corvette? Yeah. I mean, it was like a big, you're just like, everyone was like. Oh, my God. And then like, okay, so why don't you guys get in it? I'm like, I'm not getting in this car now. I'm now like, that it's going to collapse under the weight. Well, of- no, it's just like, I, you just felt so bad. You're like. Oof. And that guy watched it happen in front of him. It was terrible. That's like, you know, when you see the car, the parking lots in New York that have the razors, the risers, whatever. So uh-huh. it's like they put a very expensive heavy car on and they rise it up. And there's like, it's like four deep stacked on top of each other. Mm-hmm. I walked by one day and there was a group of people like gathered on the sidewalk, which of course means there's been a tragedy. Let's everybody stop and look because it's New York. Sure. Absolutely. Don't, don't change anything. Don't help. Don't try to help. So I see the people all gathered there and I looked and it was one of those outdoor parking lots that had the stacked cars and three of them had collapsed and crushed at the base of it, a luxury car, like a Jaguar, was crushed at the bottom. Well, that's what you get for buying a car like that. <laughs> God curses you when you try to buy good things. <laughs> if you're going to buy a car like that, then don't park it in a lot like that. There you go. That always <clears throat> baffles me. No. You know that he he like whacks York, that thing with a diaper. In New York too. City. Like really like what what this is an Arthur. You know, we're not <laughs> not everyone's driving around with a fucking Rolls Royce. Like what this is like God that movie. You can't do wait, that's Aaron Neville singing that song. He's falling in love. Take care of this mole on my face. How is it not killing me? It's talking to me. It's talking. It's the new Linda Ronstadt. <laughs> he goes Ew. on tour with his mole. <laughs> Introducing Aaron Neville. Yay. And his mole. Yay! When you get comfort when the moon I know you're All right. So this week's uh, category, which I'm very excited about this, the topic this week, it's pets. Let's talk about pets, baby. Let's let's talk about you and me. Let's Let's talk talk about about Scotch and Izzy. (gasps) Those are the names of my pets. And Jenny. And Jenny. Dear, dear Jenny. This is going to be a very good category for us because we are very in love with our animals. Like too much. Maybe it's unhealthy. I don't know if it's unhealthy. I definitely loved my my Teddy. Oh, your Teddy, your I baby. He bear. was. It's uh, tell the people about Teddy. He was a my chihuahua. beautiful little Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. Um, was um in Legally Blonde the musical as one of the three <gasps> Chihuahuas. How did that dog make his Broadway debut before me? Before me, I know. Um, before any, well, he's I mean, making more money well, than us. Well, <clears throat> make yeah. your put your dog to work. That's yeah. what I say. Well, I, uh, so he never really went on because he was, he was the, I think he's the dog in the poster, the reality show. And, um, he calmed down the other two dogs. Oh my God. He was the face of Legally Blonde? I think I could be wrong. 
Or there's like a mixture of him and the other dog. He's like Flo from Progressive. He's the he's the prettier of, well, both dogs. There's Chico, Boo, and Teddy. Mm-hmm. Chico's the one that goes on all the time. Boo is Orfe's, Orfe and Andy's dog, mm-hmm. um, who was, I think, a Pomeranian Chihuahua mix. Ooh. So adorable. <gasps> who also passed away recently. And um, then there was Teddy. And Teddy was quiet oh. because Teddy was actually born taco. And the sister's name was Belle, so they were Taco Bell. Oh, my God. I love a good dog name like that, just for the record. That's fucking terrible. That is fantastic. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate it almost as much as the guy in the dog park when I went to it who named his dog Jason. <laughs> Did he have a little ma- like hockey mask on? No, I feel like I was going to turn around and say, he's a bra. Jason's wanted for date rape. <laughs> You're not allowed in this dog park, Jason. Yeah, I dated Jason for a while. He pissed on my leg. <laughs> Watch out for that phone. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just an aggressive bra named Jason. He works in the IT division of Raytheon. Wait, thought- he's, a, he's a pharma bro. How can he do that if he's a dog? Uh, well, his name is Jason. I feel like automatically you're destined for a certain. Okay. Your name destines you for a certain path in life. Sure. Mine destined me to drink. I'm named after Ireland. Oh. Yes. See, just mm-hmm. living the dream. So, so Teddy was the face of Legally Blonde. I, I believe. I believe so. I could be. I what could was be. it like to be with such a successful dog? Well, I didn't get him till <clears throat> the end of the run. So he was retired. He was going to be retired. Okay. Did he ever talk to you about his dreams for being in other shows? Did he have an agent? Uh, well, Bill was his agent. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and also when I when we went on vacation, Teddy was on the reality show uh, Wags to Riches. Are you kidding me? No. This dog has an amazing resume. Bigger than mine. I saw him then because, yes, I DVR'd Wags to Riches because I'm twisted. So yeah. I saw Teddy on TV. Probably. God damn. Damn it, that dog had such a good career. So when the show closed, and then we were supposed to, I wanted a different dog. And they're like, well, why don't you take one of the chihuahuas just to see if you're dog people? I was like, okay. And I had only been with Galen's dog, Riles, who also has passed away. Oh, wait, this is going to be an emotional episode. I think it might be. And I loved Riles. Mm-hmm. Um, and... But Riles did not love me. <laughs> Are you the, kidding? I feel like dogs love you naturally. Well, Riles, I think. He had rage to, issues with men. I, something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it took a while. And then, but once Riles loved you, then he loved you. Oh, is there anything better than the earned love of a dog? I mean, no. Watching Riles and Galen is amazing, was amazing. And then when she married Andy and Andy came into life and then watching that was great because- you watch this dog trust people. It was, it was, he's, he was an incredible, beautiful, wonderful pup. Oh my God, I'm going to lose it today. I'm already on the verge <laughs> and, and you say good things about a dog and then. I'm... <laughs> but he was wonderful. He was a wonderful okay. pup. And then what? So Teddy, I wanted like a, they're like, what kind of dog do you want? I'm like, I want a golden retriever. And they're like, how about this eight pound chihuahua? I'm like, <laughs> Different. But what was so cute it was like because we lived on at the time we lived on Forty Seventh Street and the theater was down the street. Whoever was walking the dogs, the Chihuahuas, <laughs> would walk these three Chihuahuas down Forty Seventh Street, with like these black leashes and the pink harnesses, 
Oh. And it was like a little like pink ladies going. She's too pure to be pink. <laughs> hey, Riz, bite the weenie, Riz. <laughs> I said I'm not pregnant. <laughs> um, so uh, I was like, I definitely don't want those dogs. And then um, cut to Teddy coming over to my house. And I was like, and he never left. <gasps> and And was it love at first sight when you met him? Yeah. When he when he came in, I think there, I have one picture of like the day that he came over, <gasps> and it was just like me like grabbing him, hugging him, and he's oh like my- he's so alert. <gasps> he's like, "What is happening here?" And he was chill. He was a chill Chihuahua, which is rare. He's very chill. He balanced out the other two because Chico's crazy, mm-hmm. and I think Boo is. I think Boo is pretty normal. Okay, so you had a mellow Chihuahua. How, how, what age was he when you got him? Two and a half. And he. Was with you until he was fourteen. Uh, I believe he was eleven. Eleven he was too short. Uh, like I just automatic because we lost our dog at fourteen. So I assume that all dogs live <laughs> to like fourteen, and then that's it. Uh, yeah. Oh my god! And and we are very attached to our puppies. I don't want to like walk you back through no. at like sense memory PTSD. But it was you and I lost our dogs not too long. There wasn't too much time in between them. We lost our dog maybe about max a year before you did. And I think the first time I met you was two weeks after we had lost the nugget. Mm-hmm. I had um, a four-pound Maltese. I was a stepmom, though. Sure. So I didn't have him from birth. Otherwise, Julia, I would have Julia breastfed Roberts. him. Yes. And I was a stepmom. I was Julia Roberts with terrible hair. And- he was my husband's dog beforehand. His name was Oliver, but he was renamed the Nugget by <laughs> me and pretty much everybody because he was four pounds, white little tiny Maltese, and um, his tongue stuck out permanently. Did he? Was he missing teeth? Uh, yeah, in at the end, <clears throat> yes, but no. It was that um, he was a teeny, teeny, tiny thing, and. I guess, see, this, this, I'm not responsible for this. When he was a baby, baby, he tried to take stairs and I think he fell down them and it gave him mild brain damage, which caused his tongue to hang out of his mouth, God. which only increased his lovability, which, I mean, this, there was not a dog in this world who had more love and care than the nugget. Did he watch the staircase murder? <clears throat> yeah. And he was like, he did it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean- if you'd go down a staircase yourself. Then yeah, you know. he's like, I know what that is, and I understand blood splatter, and that's, and that's not, not accurate. Yeah. It, it was the uh, blow poke. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> God, I hated that guy. So, um, yeah, I he came into my life in the latter years of his life. So he was like, I had him from 11 until the end. And there was, when I decided he was mine, he was mine. And it was this was a timeshare dog with uh, my my Jules's ex wife. Sure. And so you know it, he would go back and forth, literally like a child. And uh, eventually he just came to live with us permanently. But he was so small, and I was so nervous, just because I'd never been I'd never been a dog owner, dog lover, and I've never been around an animal this tiny. So, um, and we're going to post pictures on our Instagram, by the way, of all of our pets because all they, they're all so adorable. Everybody needs some some airtime on this. So, the first night that he came to stay with us, Jim says he sleeps in the bed with us, and I was like, "Oh, does he?" 
I don't understand how this works. So four pound little fluffy dog, he is, this is, this is just, it is what it is. He has to sleep in the bed with us. So I'm very aware of his presence in the bed the whole night because he's tiny. I'm like, I'm going to roll over. I'm going to crush him. But because I have dangerously low blood pressure, I passed out within seconds of getting into the bed and I thrashed and whatever. And I wake up the next day and for some reason my pillow is to my right. And I, I was like, oh, wait, where's, where's the dog? Like I didn't see him anywhere in the bed. And I was like, oh, and my pillow, I had moved my pillow during the night to the right and I was like sleeping on my pillow. So I, and Jim was asleep. I peeled back the pillow and there was the nugget, and he was pressed into the mattress, and one eye was open. And I was like, oh, my God, I killed his dog. I smothered him. I smothered him during the night is what I thought, and his eye was open, and I was like, oh, my God, I oh, my God. And I just poked him like twice being like, is he alive? And then he just went, like (laughs) he came to, he just shook his head a little bit. I was like, oh my God, he's alive. He's alive. Oh God, I need to kill. Oh, oh, thank God. I was always so nervous for the first two months because he was so tiny. And I was like, I'm going to step on him or hurt him or something. And then from that point on, I was like, he's mine. I will take care of him for Mm -hmm. the rest of his days. And and I did. I lived up to my my end of the bargain. And I celebrated that dog every second he was on this earth. Oh, my, everybody did. He stopped traffic. He was the nugget. We loved him so much. And he had congestive heart failure, but that was not um, how he went in the end. I, we don't really know what happened. His body just started to, to go. And it was almost like he told us it was time. Mm-hmm. And two weeks before I met you, was when uh, we had to put him down. He was like having kidney failure and stuff like that. And I tell you what, that horrifying pain, that was the, it was like an Italian opera. I will say, if there's some comedy to be found in a horrible situation, it's that we went, we had an amazing doctor at Fairfield uh, Clinic in New Jersey, which I highly recommend. Uh, Animal, animal, what's it called? It's like, A-H-R-A or something. But these people are so fantastic and they loved him and they took such good care of him. And so we wanted this specific doctor to be the one to do it. And I had never been present in the room for something like this. I had only had cats before. I I was a kid. I never wanted to be around when something like that happened. And uh, my husband was like, you have to. You don't have a choice because you would regret it for the rest of your days. And he's absolutely right. You want to be with your animal with you from, from the word go. So, you know, it happened. We we put him to sleep. And I, I do kind of want to know what it, what it looked like from the doctor's perspective. Because I remember wearing a hat and I threw the hat down on the ground and I went, Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> it was like, in Italian opera, <laughs> and I didn't have any control over it. You know, your emotions come from a place that if you tried to stop that, I, my head would blow off my body. It has to come out of some hole, and it came out of my mouth. Thank God. Wow. And the screams and the 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 chest beating, and I I never knew I was Italian before. You're like Celine Dion. <laughs> 
I felt all the feels. Yeah, it's not fun. No. And I had met you two weeks afterwards, and I was like, and a coincidentally, shell of my body. that night is when my dog went into heart failures when I met you at Galen's wedding. So you and I were connected through dogs. Yes. And then my saga began that night when I reenacted Steel Magnolias when we went into the animal hospital <laughs> in, uh, in Pittsburgh. And because I came home, we came to uh, where we were staying. And there was another dog, and I looked at Teddy and like, what's wrong, pal? Oh, no. And he just looks at me, and he's like, he's doing like that heavy breathing, like, <gasps> I can't breathe. And I'm like, uh, and the one girl that we're with, she's like, he's fine. I'm like, can it, toots? <laughs> Go Bring to bed. Bring the car around. Strap yourself back into bed. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and so I Googled the nearest hospital, and I, let me tell you, I sobered up like that. Yep. And I got in a car and I took him in and it was really, it was like three o'clock in the morning or whatever. And, uh, it was a little bit like Bette Midler and Beaches turns into like, um, terms of endearment turns into Steel Magnolia. Yes. Yeah, Sally Field driving through the night as the, the sun is rising. Right. And you know or exactly like when what you're talking Bette about. Midler shows up at the hospital and she's like, uh, Hillary, Hillary, like when she's mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm. so that's. Yeah. Like, you know, what's happening? I said, my dog, there's something's wrong with him. I don't know what it is. They're like, okay, sit down. So we sit down and they take Ted's away from me. And Mark's and I are just sitting there. And Mark's like falls asleep. And I'm just sitting there like like pacing. Mm. And they're like, oh, Mr. O'Brien, do you want to come back? I'm like, sure. Mark's is asleep. So I just went back. And You just left him there? Sleeping <laughs> like you didn't wake him up? I didn't wake him up because he was sleeping. Because it was, it was, we had been there for probably like an hour or something. Okay. And um, that's kind. I would have shook him and be like, you're coming with me. So I went back and she, this, this like Kelly Lynch type doctor um, starts talking to me and she's like, you know, so um, Teddy's in heart failure. I said, Mm -hmm. okay. And um, I said, is he going to be okay? And she's like, "Um, well, he's having a difficult, you know, it's very difficult. I'm like, well, okay. It's just difficult for him to breathe. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm like, so like, what do we do? And she's, she's like, well, we can start him on this, but he has to stay here. I said, what for like another hour? She's like, for like a couple of days. I'm like, a couple of days. Like, I live in New York. I don't live here. Pittsburgh. You're in Pittsburgh. Yeah. <gasps> so she's like, well, he definitely has to stay here to stabilize him because um, this isn't good. I said, well, what does this mean? She's like, well, um, it means that. Um, this I'm like like I know I was, was like I know that he's a heart murmur. She's like, right, that's like the first sign. And now that he's into, um, he has congestive heart failure. Yeah, it's the exact same thing. Yeah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. and she's like, you can monitor that, but you know, it's not much long after this diagnosis. I'm like, and I looked at him like, I don't I don't know what you're talking about. Oh my I'm god. Like, I don't because I'm like, well, I don't. I literally was like, I don't know what you're talking about because I'm expecting him to be here for 19 years because that's what was in my head. And she's like. Um, so specific. Yeah, I did. And she was like, um, I would plan on less than that. I said, what are you talking about? She's like, I would, I, I would give him six months. And I was like, and I immediately looked at her like, I almost punched her. I was like, I'm like, and I immediately burst into tears. I said, you, I, you, what? No. I said, he's my best friend. That's all I have. <gasps> Patrick, my heart. <gasps> I said, you can't do that. I said, I, I, I'm not ready for that. Oh my God. Wait, but 
Now, because this sounds almost identical to what was with the nugget, because they had said to, when he had congestive heart failure, because we brought him in, same thing. And they said, he's, it would probably be about three months. And I said, that's not an option. Right. And we took pristine care of him to the point where the doctor was like, I've never seen anything like this. You literally stopped it in its tracks. And he stayed for another three years. Wow. Years. Teddy, I think, stayed for, was that um, December to August? Is that December, s- January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August. So like eight months. A little bit longer than what she had predicted, but not far off. Well, because he kept like, it, it was just, it just got terrible. And people were like, um, uh, they're like, you know, well, what are you going to, like, are you just going to keep taking him to the hospital? I'm like, yeah. 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 It's not an option. Yeah. And it's fucking terrifying. And then it's when horrible. we actually did... Um, we went to our vet, and she was inconsolable while oh, we were putting him down. They get so, I could never be a vet. Wouldn't you feel everything right along with everybody as they go through that? It, it I don't, I don't know how she does it, but she also really liked Teddy. She liked him a lot, and yeah, I think it was because not because he was just a Broadway dog, but because of um the um the special nature that he was raised in you know, being plucked out of, you know, he's going to be euthanized with his sister <gasps> and he was um, plucked out of that to be in a Broadway show and be professionally trained and what all that entails and the, the special nature of being rescued to the best possible person. Oh. And then, you know, being in a Broadway show and then- Literally, he's wags to riches. Correct. Yeah. Oh, this makes me happy. You know, if we ever get to a point- Dear listeners, where <clears throat> we can we can do like a um, donate the door type show. We should do that at some point where we do a live show and the money that's raised goes towards the ASPCA because you and I are very passionate about animal rights. Mm-hmm. Yet um, we're not vegetarians. <laughs> I have real issues about that, but that's an episode I for another day. I only eat chicken. Look, I want to lighten things up right now. Too late. <laughs> here's the one. Here's the thing I will say. All right. I never thought I would love again. I'll never love again. And I that, was that convinced that I would never put my through myself through that ever again. And then I started to go online to the Instagram page for the North Shore Animal Shelter, and I started to to get curious again. And the long and the short is I'm a mother again to Scotch and Izzy, two very angry fluff balls who combined maybe are about eight pounds. And I think they gave me um, canine herpes because they licked my face so much. Oh yeah. he Scotch will get in you. He will get in you. I know. I had he to go to my doctor to, to get it out of me. I'm so sorry about that. There is a cream. He likes to put his tongue up my nose and I just let him do it. Oh. oh, I'm talking about Jim. Oh. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. Yeah, yeah. So we have spastic animals now and we're very we're very it's a whole different ball of wax though. It's not the same love that you had for the other dog. Correct. Correct. I think that we need to to make things happy and light again. And we need to read some articles from Ann and Abby about their thoughts on all things animal. I found some real good ones too. It was tough to pick. Really? Yes. Did you not have a good time? I did have a good time. Some were very sad. Oh, well, I have only funny ones. 
Well, so good. So why don't we start with you? Start with me or end with me? Oh, I will end you. Oh, I will end you. Then I'm going to do this one because I really, (laughs) I like this. This one comes from the Post Star in Glens Falls, New York, March 31st, 1971. That was a Wednesday. I like that. The title, Cats Aren't For Kissing. (laughs) Yes, buckle up, buttercup. Yes, they are. Dear Ann Landers, I need some advice and I'm ashamed to talk. Uh, I have been with a wonderful girl, and I have been engaged for four years. We would have been married by now, but I had to go into the service. The thing that kept me from going while I was in Vietnam was the thought that I would come home to Amy. Last night, we were sitting on the sofa making wedding plans when this mangy old cat of hers jumped on Amy's lap. She picked it up and kissed it in the mouth. I thought I'd pass out. Two minutes later, the cat jumped off her lap and left the room. Amy nuzzled up to me and wanted me to kiss her. I couldn't. This could ruin our love life. I can't see myself kissing a person who has been kissing a cat. Am I wrong? Is this as unsanitary as it seems? What should I do about it? It's causing a real problem between us. (laughs) Signed, Johnny. Name, (laughs) nothing, just, just Johnny. Just Johnny. Dear Johnny, it's not likely that Amy will catch anything from the cat unless he has a communicable disease. Aside from the health aspects, however, it is a most unappetizing thing to witness. Tell Amy if she wants to kiss you, she'll have to stop kissing the cat in your presence. This is not an unreasonable request. And So do you think that the cat got up, left, and wanted her to meet him in the bedroom? Yeah, that was a cue. It was a social cue. She's like, I'm going to get inside you. I'll be waiting I got right. some items from La Perla. Can you imagine if Johnny shows up and he's like, honey, are you here? And it's just like the cat and her just like on their respective pillows, just each smoking a, <laughs> smoking a cigarette. Like, that was great. That was really great. Was it good for you? Honey. Teeth are a little sharp, but yeah. That's fine. At least they're clean. Well, look, if you're going to cheat, do it with a- <laughs> I didn't know cats kissed on the mouth. In the mouth is what he said. In, in the mouth. What does she, what does that mean? She kissed it in the mouth. I don't know. I want more Would pictures. Would she put her head in his mouth? Or no, they, they I think, touch tongues? I don't know What's if the happening? cats, look, I can't judge because again, my dog makes out with me on a daily basis. I do try to, to head it off at the pass and really like press my lips together. But hey, sometimes a tongue gets in and there's no judgment there at all. When I first read this, it reminded me of my friend who uh, is a flight attendant. And he was on a a flight one day. (laughs) He was working a flight one day, and he's in the back galley with another flight attendant. Mm. And he just hears her going, "Mm -mm. mm-mm, mm-mm. The mid-flight, they're up in the air. And he just hears her go, mm-mm, no, mm. Oh, no, no kitty on titty in my plane. There was a woman that was traveling with a cat, and she was in the back of the plane breastfeeding the cat. No kitty on titty in my plane. I, I think I blacked out a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I cannot. I like what? that she went to the back of the plane for a little privacy. But maybe she's one of those proud breastfeeding moms. I don't, I didn't know that pets like. I don't know the cats like. I don't fly. think cats like that. 
I don't. I don't, I don't know. They, I also don't think that they like human breastfeeders. Ew, all of it. I'm more worried about chafing. That's got to hurt. A cat tongue is like sandpaper. Are you familiar? Yes, it was me. I was the one in the back of the. If I breastfed a cat, they'd starve. I'd like to see that. No kitty on titty in my plane. Tough titty said the kitty, but the milk's still good. Ew! Oh, I. Eye for an eye. That classic rhyme. Classic. Classic. I believe it was Axl Rose who said. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, there's. But relationships, people's relationships with their animals when you come into their, their space. I mean, I had a cat, I only owned cats. Before I met Jim. And I had a cat named Ella. Oh, I can't wait to see that movie. So I I had a cat named Ella. And um, when Jim first met her, I said, there is a ceremony to meeting this cat. There is a process. If you're dating me, you're dating the cat. I said, you have to get down onto the cat's level. She's going to sniff your eye. She's going to sniff your nose. And then you have to open your mouth and she sniffs your mouth. This is what happened for real. And then she consumes you. (laughs) And then she steals your breath. And then, then if, you're if you're cleared, then you're cleared to date me, basically. And he got down on the ground. <laughs> he really did. He's such a good guy. He got down on the floor. Sure enough, Ella sniffed his eye, sniffed his nose. He literally opens his mouth. Ella sniffs his mouth and goes, <laughs> and runs out of the room. <laughs> and I was like, well, I guess we can't date. Sorry about that. Ella. And he turns to me and he goes, I hate your cat. <laughs> I was like, she smells booze on your breath. You're dirty. You're a dirty. You're not dirty. cleared. You're not cleared for takeoff. No kitty on titty in this plane. <laughs> and I think we just have the um, the tagline for this episode. <laughs> yes. It's just going to read no kitty on titty on my plane. I uh, like that a lot. What would you, uh, how would you feel? If, if you were dating somebody and they had a cat and they kissed them on the mouth and then well, they, as a person who loves animals, would sure. you judge? Well, first I'd be in the hospital because if I was in someone house, someone's house with a cat, I'd be in the hospital. Oh, you're one of those. Yes. I think cats are wonderful creatures. I've grown to love them. I do go into cardiac arrest when I'm around them. Oh, good. Your throat closes up. Yeah. My throat closes. I get itchy. I get very silent. And then I need that I wake up in the emergency <laughs> and room. And then you're defibrillated. Right. Clear. Uh-huh. Oh. Um, so then I, let's change I'm it to dogs. Still, I'm still on. Well, there's like, there's like when a dog like licks your face or whatever, like that's cute. But then when you see like, like if you could hear like, like endless love playing in the background <laughs> while someone's kissing their dog, then you're like, um, are you, is that Aaron Neville? Are you guys, is that Luther Van? Why are you, why are you? Are you romantic? Do with I your smell dog right vanilla now? candles? Are you hard right now while you're kissing your dog? <laughs> I'm gonna go, but I'm gonna take your dog away from you first. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna put him in a in a shelter. Yeah, where he's safer. Then I'm gonna throw you in jail. Wow. Like Jenny is the mad kisser. She will. Uh, Jenny is my my wolf dog. Uh huh. Um, all eight pounds of her. She will wake you up and just like. Start aggressively, like kissing your face, and that's adorable. Well, yeah, but she also has like one of those tongues where it's a cabin in the woods where like it goes up your nose into your brain and then rips it out. Oh, nice! Don't know how she does it, but that's probably why I'm so stupid. <laughs> she sucked out your frontal lobe yeah. through your nose. I think I've always been kind of dumb. Though. I'm just really stupid. But you're so pretty. Thank you. And so says your catalog. <laughs> Welcome to Sears. Buy Welcome. this sweater. 
by the sweater. What about you? Hit me with an article. The Deming Headlight, Deming, New Mexico, June 27th, 2000. Dear Abby, in reference to the letter about making provisions for your pet's future in case of your illness or death, you should know that the Humane Society of the United States offers a free brochure planning for your pet's future without you. It includes information on long-term and permanent care for your pet selection of a permanent caregiver, sample language for pet care instructions on your will, and advice on seeking legal assistance. More than 64 million cats and 62 million dogs live in households. They are obviously important members of the American family. No one expects to fall or become disabled and unable to care for their beloved pets. I urge pet owners to take the time now to plan for your pet's future in case of emergency. For a copy of your free brochure, write the Humane Society of the United States. Code PF2000-2100L. I don't know what this is. Anyway. Signed. Nancy Peterson. Oh, I love it when they use their real names. And I'm Nancy Peterson. <laughs> Thank you, Nancy Peterson. Dear Nancy, if the number of letters I receive from readers who love their pets is any indication, get ready for a huge response to your generous offer. Thank you for your important information. The reason why I include this is partially because, if you remember the Leona Helmsley case when she willed her entire estate to her pet, and keep in mind, the pet probably was only going to last another five years. A fortune left to her pet. I, I can't don't even, know even... that story. How do I not know that story? Because she's not a very nice person. So that dog is a, a quadrillionaire? Probably dead by now. I mean, let's be honest. But how did he spend it? That's the question. Plastic surgery. Was he philanthropic? I doubt it. He had all of his hair removed. Oh, waxing. Uh, brand new veneers. And then his ears pulled back. He started implants. dating the breastfeeding cat. Yeah. Had all of his nipples realigned. Ew! Who was that? I don't know. It's Russia. She just, I didn't prompt her. Why she's, is your phone talking to me? I don't me? know. I, You've interrupted me. She said she's listening, though. She's really into your story. Maybe it's Leona Helmsley. <laughs> I'm listening. I'm listening. What are you saying Only about Only the poor people dog? pay taxes. Stupids. Wow. So here's the thing. I can't, I just thought it was kind of funny. I'm like, because I always tell Marcus, I'm like, I think we should write our wills. And um, I never really would even imagine being like, and Jenny gets Wait, all but of my oh, stock options. Provisions for the dog or like where you want the dog to go? I think it's both. And what you want them to get. Right. Uh, okay. I give my CD collection to Izzy. Sure. Uh, and my jewelry. Obviously. Because she'll appreciate it yeah. more. Um, I'll give... Jim's collection of bourbons and and um, cured meats. What are you the like? Are you the the couple in Beetlejuice where you're both going to die at the same time? Uh, that's what Jim seems to believe. Yes, he oh, honest oh. to God said to me once. He goes, "Well, when I die, because you know we're all ta everybody's talking about wills now and stuff." He's like, "Well, when I die, and you know, hopefully we'll just die together." And I was like, "Wait, wait, 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 wait hold, hold, hold up, phone! Murder. You are ten years older than me. Murder suicide. This isn't Egypt. What are you?" It's blood brothers. I'm not going down there I with you. I couldn't afford to give up. I got a life to live, damn it, without you. Wow. He honest to God said it in total sincerity and then just kept on going on. And I was like, you need to stop whatever you're saying next. If you're going, I ain't I ain't going with you, son. So like you're not like the couple in Titanic when you crawl into bed together and just drown? No, fuck that. 
Like, I got to go, Jim. <laughs> I'd be like, I can get out of this. There's this. a boat upstairs with my name on it. It's women only. I'm this really has been sorry. fun. This has been really great. Yeah, I'll find you in Thanks about- Thanks for making the, mixing the episodes, but I got to go. <laughs> I'll figure it out. You've been a real fine producer and an upright gentleman. But now I have to go and the bar is floating. I'll see you on the poop deck. Yeah. Well, or maybe I won't. Maybe I won't. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, no. But I'm definitely going to chain you to the bed just in case. <laughs> You stay behind with all the other schmucks. That's fine. Yeah. I, I, I can understand planning for your, like, where, where you would want your dogs to go. Like, I, yeah. I don't know what I would do. Who would, who would you give your dog to right now? If you and Marcus both kicked it at the same time, where would Jenny end up? Galen. Ooh, smart. You already have an answer. Is no. this already bequeathed? No. No. But she's hearing it now today. Well, yeah. Yeah, no choice. Can I give mine to her too? No, because that's not an option. Why? <sighs> what? Because it's not an option. Because you've already called it? Yeah, you can't steal Fine. my answers. Fine. I'll find somebody for Scotch and Izzy. I'm looking for a mother. <clears throat> um. Okay, well, that's good planning. And what they would want. I mean, you got to treat your animals like your kids. We do it all already. These are my fur babies. I want to know that they have a secure future and that at least one of them is going to a good Ivy League school. Well, if they're not going to marry well. Yeah, you have to start planning. Izzy doesn't have a dowry. That's too bad. This this podcast is her dowry. Oof. Ah! All right. Do you want to hear another one? Of course. This is um a, a little bit layered. Oh, God. There's answers upon answers, so I'm going to try to find a way to just, you know, bring it to a nice conclusion. Conclusion. Concussion. 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 Um, all right. Don't this you is make from- that sound one more time, and I swear to God. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm going to hook up your vacuum I'm, to your nose My and body is draining out my face. Gross. This is from the Portsmouth Herald, Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Hey, right near my home, Tizzity. Uh, September 17th, 1973. The title is Dog Refuses Meat Fridays. Maybe it's Lent. Get ready for it. Dear Ann Landers, we have an Irish setter who will not eat meat on Friday. This is no joke. For three weeks, we have tested him out, and it's the same story. Our neighbor said you printed a letter a few years ago from a reader who had a similar problem. Will you kindly run it again? Signed, R.C. in D.C. Dear R.C., happy to. I will also print the follow-up letters, which give an even better idea of what goes on in the animal world. Mm. So then the question that was sent originally was, Dear Anne, our neighbors, the Kellys, went to Europe for three weeks, and they left their Cocker Spaniel Lucky with us. The first week, Lucky didn't eat much. We figured he was lonesome for the Kellys. The second week, his appetite perked up, but on Friday, he wouldn't eat the leftover roast. He just drank his water. The next day, Lucky ate fine and continued to eat all throughout the week. When Friday came around, he turned up his nose at the hamburger. Jokingly, my husband said, you know that darn dog eats like the Kellys, no meat on Fridays. We all laughed. Just for the heck of it, I opened up a can of sardines and he put it down. He cleaned up the tin. Now I ask you, Ann Landers, can a dog know when it is Friday? Astonished. I replied to Astonished that dogs do not know when it is Friday. I said that if there was a logical explanation for this phenomenon, I didn't know what it was. And I suggested that the Kellys, when the Kellys came home, they asked them. 
I printed that letter and my response, I was promptly bombarded with fantastic stories about dogs, cats, parrots, rabbits, minor birds, squirrels, you name it. And here are some excerpts. And then she goes on and she gives excerpts and blah, blah, blah. But I just thought, this is very entertaining that a dog should be sensitive to the religious needs of her, her family. The one thing that stuck out here is someone has sardines at their disposal in their house. Oh, it was the 70s. Don't you think everybody had a can of sardines? That's t- Didn't you ever see the movie The Burbs? Shut up. <laughs> Did you see The Burbs? The Burbs is one of my favorite movies. And yes, that guy eats Hanks. the sardines on the he sees it. <laughs> he uh, eats the sardine uh, on the cracker and the, the squishy sound. All right. By the way, the Burbs is filmed in the same street as Desperate Housewives. Oh, that makes sense. That tracks. And also Leave it to Beaver. Everybody had a tin of sardines in the 70s. They were planning to be bombed or something, uh, right? You need a good uh, canned fish. I don't, want, I don't want to open up anything and everything. You don't want to open up a me. can of sardines or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like that. I don't like anchovies. <laughs> I don't like fish that are looking at me if they're on my plate. I've never had an anchovy <sighs> that I'm aware of. Maybe somebody slipped it in something. That's why I get shady about Caesar salad. Mm, don't put anchovies in dressing. Well, normally they just lay it on top. No, I've never had an anchovy on top, but I oh. heard it's in the dressing. Oh, anyway. But dogs are sensitive to your patterns. And uh, if you always never had meat on a Friday, I bet you the dog would remember that. Do you ever um do you ever like sit down with your dog while he's eating? Yes, because I love to listen to my dogs eat. We have a big process when we go to bed at night. I get them liver treats, and I have to hear them crunch because it's the cutest sound in the world. I never wanted Teddy to feel like he was eating alone. So I would sit when he first lived with us, I would sit down until he'd finished. So he'd be <gasps> eating, and then I'd sit down on the floor. Patty, you're making my mother fall more <laughs> in love with you than ever. Well, I just, I just like, I just remember, um, like, when I would have dinner with my mom and my dad, um, they just wouldn't really eat alone. Like, no one likes to eat alone. <gasps> so that's, and I didn't know how else to, like, incorporate him into my home when he was, because I didn't want him just like, here's a bowl. See you later, kid. Good luck with that. Right. Yeah. Oh, so did you do that up until the day he he died? No, it, just, it was like the initial couple, like, months. And then if I just felt like he wasn't, if he needed company, then I would do that. <laughs> I think so I did that much. with Jenny, like the first couple of meals, just so she would, she'd know that she's comfortable. Like, we're, this is what we're doing. This is how we, we're, now we're sitting down for dinner. Oh, would you bring a plate and like <laughs> eat next to her? No, because she would eat my plate then. Oh, touche. Oh, very tricky. She would, she's like, what What are you having? Oh, I don't, that's good. Well, I don't want this. What, what the hell is that? Roast beef? What? I don't understand. Chicken cordon bleu and I'm having what, kibble in a bag? I don't think so. I'm a guest in your home. Yeah. I'm apparently your new daughter. I don't think so. <laughs> and this is the kind of shit you're giving yeah. me? And only a quarter of a cup? Stingy Really? Asshole. Yeah. Really? Wow. Our dogs graze. Yeah. You know what? Not only am I going to go outside with you right now, I'm going to shit all the way down the block. And then I'm going to so drag next- my ass. Yeah. Is so there next- anything funnier than a dog dragging its ass? Though? No. <laughs> Every time it happens, I don't care if it's on a lily white carpet and they leave a stain. It is the funniest thing. Of- <laughs> they move so fast. It's like a Roomba. Like, it's like a shit-covered Roomba. It's like one of those toys where you wind up and it just like cruises across your table. I'm like, like- how did that happen? Like Scotch has two two settings, which is like slow and stop. But when he drags his ass, suddenly 
he moves like the wind. It's, it's like the dream ballet in Oklahoma. <laughs> know, on Broadway. You're just gliding. You're gliding. Give me another. The independent record, Helena Montana, January 25th, 1991. It was a Friday. Pet law promo to extreme. Dear Abby, I just read the San Mateo County, California Board of Supervisors passed the nation's first law requiring that owners of dogs and cats to buy a breeding license or get their pets sterilized. The article stated that the Humane Society said it was fed up with putting to death more than 10,000 unwanted dogs and cats each year, and in order to coerce the voters, they published photographs of trash barrels filled with dead cats that they had picked up throughout the Bay Area. The society then held a public pet execution at the press conference, injecting five cats and three dogs with a poison from the bottle marked Fatal Plus. The camera whirled and reporters jotted notes. Abby, now, anyone in San Mateo County owning a cat or dog that has not been spayed or neutered must produce a breeding license or face a fine of $500. Does this sound humane to you? Please state your opinion. Signed, HORRIFIED! In Redwood City, all caps. Horrified. Dear horrified. Bow wow and meow. <laughs> it's t- it's high time someone spoke for the voiceless. Although its approach was somewhat extreme, the Humane Society of San Mateo County rates applause and high marks from this animal lover. This is some fucking Handmaid's Tale. Bull- yes, like, under what? his eye. Wow. Wow. May the cat open. Yeah. There's something weird of about- Of Patrick. <laughs> I've definitely called Izzy of Aaron before. Of Aaron, of Patrick. Of Jim. Blessed day. Blessed day. May the Lord open and vomit all over you. He's brought us good kibble. <laughs> yes, fine kibble. <laughs> what does Aunt Lydia look like? <laughs> Old Deuteronomy. Uh, it's Missy Oh no wait It's uh, Jennifer Hudson The one thing that did make me laugh though In this article Is that they had a bottle called Fatal Plus like, what's, what's just fatal? What? <laughs> fatal, <laughs> like, fatal you, Plus? What, you, what the fuck is fatal? What are you like Why are we gilding the lily? Coma? Extra dead yeah. That's like <laughs> Oh he's really dead now <laughs> Fatal Plus yeah. Wow. Sparkles is never coming back from this one. Can you go to Rite Aid and get me some Fatal? <laughs> oh, I only have Fatal Plus. plus. <laughs> That's too bad. That's for uh. the extra dead. I just want to be a little bit dead. Not totally. Fatal Plus is also good for humans if you were doing a joint suicide. Oh, it's a, a, a the very Branch Davidian, yeah. you know, beer. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> a six okay. pack of Fatal Plus. <laughs> Now at CVS. It's like an energy drink. It's It'll like knock you out energy. permanently. The, the commercial for Fatal Plus is just a guy being like, Fatal Plus! And then thump. <laughs> <laughs> it really worked. There's their tagline. It really worked in my husband. Who knew? <laughs> Thanks, Fatal Plus. Thump. At first, my husband was just a little dead, but now he's fully dead. Thanks, Fatal Plus. My husband really was an asshole. Fatal Thanks, Plus. Thump. <laughs> fatal, bl- fatal Plus. Dennis? Dennis? It worked. Thanks, Dennis. Fatal Plus. <laughs> confetti. Confetti cannon. <laughs> the Rosie O'Donnell confetti cannon. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. 
This that is aggressive. Is, this, is, and this is a, like, I, I, I don't even understand, like, you know, like the, the process of someone in their brain, like, you know, it'll really get through all these people. Why don't we kill all these pets? Mass shooting. What? Yeah. Can you imagine like the board meeting people like, what? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, huh? bad idea. Too much, too aggressive. And I, I just want to get the, get the point across, you know? How about just the pictures? No, you got to hit them with dead pets. Just a mass suicide. I, wa- I want to just, you know. Speaking of confetti cannon, why don't we put the pets in the cannons and shoot it out at the reporters? <laughs> Kevin, Kevin, you've gone too far. <laughs> I'll do the pictures. I think just hold them up with a revolver, really to get the point across that they need to spay and neuter. Jesus, that is some aggressive marketing. He walks in, it's like, okay, now picture it. And he just got like, he just has it all like the hanging gear. He's like, so I will come out. I'll put like my mask on. The cat will give me a tithing and he'll say, it's okay. And then I'll execute the cat. I'm going to get a really small guillotine. Yeah. I'm going to call people to the town center. Of course, it'll be, the cat will now be dressed in period costume. Um, we'll yeah, a Marie Antoinette style. Something like that. He, the, he, he stole shoes from... I don't know. How do we really get the point across to people that we want them to spay anew to their pets? I know. Kill them all. Yes. This is the only answer. Yes. We must burn this village in order to save it. And you know what? Televise it. Let's do televising. You know what? This is the new faces of death. What we should do is we should put that cat in an electric chair. Yeah. And just have everyone, all of its friends, Everybody has to pull the cord. Yes. Wow. And we'll have... All like the popular cats. We'll have Heathcliff, we'll have Top Cat, we'll have all of them just watching this execution. And we're going to have one Shih Tzu dressed up as June from Handmaid's Tale. (laughs) Everybody's going to wear a little bonnet. Right. So angry. This is horrifying. In the words of Bob Barker, spay a new to your pets. I always liked his microphone. So that they don't shoot you in the... Everybody liked his microphone. I wanted to eat the top of it (laughs) when I was a kid. It looked like a little tiny That No one else has that. Sidebar, I went on The Price is Right and um, I suggested, you know, when you go in a group of people and you want to have shirts that are consistent with each other, Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, where are the the blondies from Alabama or whatever? And uh, with my group, I suggested that all the guys wear a shirt that said neutered and all the girls wear a shirt that said spade. And did any one of you get called? Yes. One did. And she won uh, a very fancy refrigerator. Oh. Was yes. she wearing the, the tube top? So when she's running down the tube top, it, came <laughs> it just rolls down. Come on down. Go back up. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yes. We had tank tops that said spade and neutered. And one of our people went on, got all the way to the end, and but did not win the, um, did not go to the showcase showdown. I love that. But got a nice refrigerator out of the deal. I'd love a nice refrigerator. Well, she, she was renting at the time. So she couldn't really benefit from that. Yeah, you could. Cash equivalent. Just oh. as good. Wow. I I think the only way to get over that horrifying Handmaid's Tale 1984 George Orwell approach to spaying <laughs> and neutering, getting to people to sterilize their pets, the only way to get over is to get under some listener mail. Listener mail. Spay and neuter your pets. It's listener mail. I'm going to give you something fatal plus. You're going to give fatal plus. Blood! Hey, family. Before we have Thanksgiving dinner, everyone just have this new drink, Fatal Plus. Excuse me. This 
is delicious. Thump. Thumper. The trick is, I've already given it to you. <laughs> I'm this just asking like you to drink. This like cranberry juice. This seems weird, Mom. I'm dizzy. Moving on from Fatal Plus. Oh, I do want to give a special shout out to one of our listeners, Trixie, who uh, is obsessed with the song Listener Mail and can't get it out of her head. Mm. We are here to annoy you. Uh, and if you Maybe are annoyed she by have us, some Fatal Plus. she should have some. <laughs> don't, don't anybody who's listening to us drink Fatal Plus because we need your numbers. Uh, before I forget, please rate, review, and subscribe. Email us, dearpodofficial at gmail.com. And hey, good friends, don't forget to come and see me. Because I guarantee you, I will not be serving Fatal Plus. Only Fatal Laughs at Caroline's on Broadway on September 11th at 7.30. I'll be joined by some fabulous friends. Go online, carolinesonbroadway.com or to Erin McGuire. M-A-G-U-I-R-E dot com. Fatal Plus to get your tickets now. It's going to be a fantastic night. Show's already selling. I don't want you to miss out. And hey, we have a VIP option. Did you know this? You don't want to miss this because it comes with Caroline open Ray. bar. <laughs> oh. Hey, you never know. Caroline Ray may show up if I ask her real nice. Yeah. And I don't give her any fatal plus. Yeah. So uh, let's get into it, shall we? Some listener mail. Yes. Hit me. Dear Pod, with fall on the way, we are anticipating an ongoing problem with a next door neighbor. The wife continually uses a heavy duty leaf blower and cleans her driveway beautifully all the while blowing her leaves and pine needles onto our property. I hesitate using my husband's method, blowing them back over with our leaf blower, but they are clueless and we know that they, and we know what, and we know, they know that we know, and we are about to blow our tops over this. (laughs) We can't be here every minute to watch and wait because they do it when we aren't here. Help. Signed. Let's just move. We know that they know that they know that we know. <laughs> it's like, I know that you know that we know that I know that you know. One plus one plus two plus one. <laughs> one plus two plus two plus one is... Ah! Whatever! Dear, let's just move. Letters such as yours is a wonderful reminder of why I've never moved to the suburbs. A few things are as grating as the sound of a leaf blower. Bagpipes, the sound of motorcycles, the sound of rolling luggage... Someone clipping their nails on public transportation. Something I'm currently watching and listening to right now. (laughs) Crying babies. Laughing babies. Sleeping babies. Changing babies. Sugar babies. You get the idea. (laughs) If you feel that you cannot talk to your neighbor and have them listen and proceed accordingly, well then, you just have a few options. Number one. Try talking to them again and fully explain the situation and come to a solution you both can live with. Number two. While trimming your bushes, accidentally cut the leaf blower cord while in use by your neighbor. Mm. Number three, collect all the leaves they've blown on your yard as well as all of yours, place them in the approved recycling bag, drag them over to your neighbor's lawn, and set them all on fire. (laughs) When they race out of their house to examine the blaze, tell them that the leaf bandit was at it again, and if they said they caught you doing it, then you march right up to them, and you get within two inches of their face and say, and your best Clint Eastwood, do we have a communication problem, punk? Don't make me start on your backyard, too. And walk away. I'm sure this, silence, this will silence your neighbor for the time being, and if not, then take a page right out of flowers in the attic and bring them a nice plate of donuts with a sprinkling of rat poison and take it from there. 
Ah, the suburban life. Oh my god! Fatal plus! You are taking a fatal plus approach to this one. I don't know. I don't live in the suburbs. I don't but, know. Um, I don't know how it works. It's too close for comfort. All right. And had some, some other options for oh. them. Okay. Damn move. Tap the brakes before calling Century 21, honey. Don't let Madam Black and Decker blow you out of your own home. <laughs> when it comes to neighborly behavior, I have a quick trigger finger. Our next door neighbor used to like to come over on our property and rearrange our lawn furniture when we weren't home. Once I saw my potted palms seem to be traveling around the yard, I became suspicious. We set up our beta cam to catch him in the act. Sure enough, when we came home after our strip canasta game, we rolled that beautiful bean footage and there he was, feng shuiing our furniture, moving the chaise from left to right, putting the table in a caddy corner, rearranging chairs. This guy had a real kink for seating arrangements. I marched right over, knocked on his door, Betamax video in hand, and I said, Listen, bub, I see what you're doing on my property when I'm not there. Now you can rearrange chairs in court. Three trips to the municipal and mountains of paperwork later, he was ordered to pay a fine and stay off our land. We never spoke again, and he was never reinvited to our Hawaiian-themed Christmas party, though I could have actually used his help in arranging the table seating that night, ironically. When it comes to dealing with neighbors, I understand the desire to avoid confrontation. You fear that speaking up may make the problem worse, but staying silent can only make you fester like a boil on my jewels is behind. Harboring resentment only serves to exhaust you, and I got news for you. If you moved to Siberia, I guarantee someone would move right next to you and snowblow your Pontiac in. Running away from the problem rarely seems to fix it. Confronting your neighbor on an issue shouldn't be angry. Kill him with kindness. Or as my ex-boyfriend Abraham Lincoln once said, the best way to destroy an enemy is to make him a friend. And we all know how that worked out for him. Go over with a baked good and say, Hey, Becky, I made some extra gluten-free, dairy-free, flavor-free scones, and I thought maybe you would enjoy them. Here you go. Oh, and by the way, I happen to notice when you're blowing in your front yard that some of it is wafting over to my side. I'm sure you weren't aware of this. Unfortunately, it makes more work for my jewels, and we all know his spine is as delicate as Chihuly glass. If you wouldn't mind blowing out to the street, I would appreciate it. If Becky continues to blow your way, then you can set up a camera, catch her in the act, and get litigious, baby! Keep a journal of the events. A paper trail never hurts. Or collect all of her leaves and pine needles and garbage bags. Invite them over to your holiday party in the middle of cocktail hour. Bring them all out. Lay them at her feet and say, oh, here's all your leaves. I've been holding them since fall. Merry Christmas. When it comes to revenge, I like to play the long game. But I don't believe it will come to that. I think heading things off at the pass will avoid an awkward situation. So take your home off the market and enjoy fall. Because apple picking and pumpkin spice everything sure doesn't blow. It does blow. Pumpkin spice does not. It blows. It blows. And so does apple picking. Pumpkin spice candles, lattes, tampons. I'll take it. I'll take it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to collect all those apples, freeze them, and then start throwing them at you. And I'll make them into a pie. That's a lie. in the hospital. be in the hospital, but I'll enjoy some applesauce. How do you get these frozen apples? I don't feel right. What happened to her, Macintosh? 
She got hammered with a Fuji. All right. Let's go right into question number two. Time is of the essence. All right. Dear Pod, I have a real problem. Bones. I live in a beautiful neighborhood near Prospect Park in Brooklyn. Across from my apartment is a small berm with several landmark benches where passersby can take a respite, enjoy the greenery, and continue on their way. Well, much to my chagrin, lately there has been an influx of unruly randoms taking over. They sit there with their Chinese takeaway, eating with their hands and just tossing the chicken bones and half-eaten egg rolls right there on the ground. Disgusting. What's worse is I have to navigate my pooch through the egg roll and chicken bone graveyard for his afternoon walk. Maybe it's the summer heat that makes them all lose their sense of right and wrong. I mean, there are trash receptacles readily available. Perhaps a horrible upbringing? Either way, I dare not approach out of safety concerns for me and my family, but I also don't want to be buried in bones. Should I call the law into this matter? Yours, Beautiful Bones in Brooklyn. Mm. Dear Bones, first, I'd like to applaud your use of the word berm. We need more people like you these days using accurate landscape terminology. Second, I'd also like to commend your desire to keep your neighborhood clean. I understand that in a city like New York, where I once saw a guy take an angry dump on the true train platform during rush hour, it's an uphill battle to preserve some semblance of natural beauty. Wow. I was horrified reading the details of your letter. Who the hell is eating hot Chinese food in the middle of a sweltering (laughs) human summer day under the beating sun and dropping their scraps on the ground like they're Vikings? I can only assume the heat is getting to their brains. In the irreverent words of my mother, people are gross. You should absolutely call the law into this matter. I'm sure you're not the first to complain about such a thing. I imagine reading the NYC police blotto over cleanliness complaints is akin to reading the Fifty Shades trilogy. Uncomfortable, horrifying, and occasionally intriguing. I believe the phrase hot garbage was actually inspired by NYC. You can call 311, but I understand that may feel like you're peeing into the Grand Canyon. If that's the case, take it to the state. Report an environmental violation online at the Department of Environmental Conservation at www.dec.ny.gov or call them at 844-DEC-ECOS. That's 844-332-3267. Get somewhere on the phone and say, hey, there is some hideous human beings that are using my neighborhood as a dumping ground for Fung Cho's lunch specials. Take pictures and videos of the offenders. Put them online. Sure, Facebook is also a garbage fire, but never underestimate the power of the anonymous rage of the Internet. Ask Laura Spencer. Talk about hot garbage. Be a vigilante for the earth, honey. There are plenty of ways to report this mess without putting yourself or your shitsu in harm's way. I'm sure your neighbors would thank you for it. And maybe, just maybe, stand with you in your fight to keep things clean. Now, if you'll excuse me, I'm off to burn my menus from Feng Cho. Eh! Wow. Factual. Wow, okay. Uh-huh. Interesting take. Really? Yeah. You think? Mm-hmm. It's very angry. Well, she was very, you know, enraged at the thought sure, of people, sure. you know, ruining the environment. Sure. But very factual. There are places you can go, call, email, 
what have you. Right. Yeah. What's what's uh, Abby's take? Dear Beautiful Bones, I would absolutely contact the authorities, mm-hmm. street cop, groundskeeper, priest, Smokey the Bandit, Woodsy the Owl, Marla Gibbs, or Mrs. Garrett, in fact. <laughs> I would do anything to protect my little minxie from the human garbage pile that we encounter in the park. Of course, you should not approach these people because a simple lending of a helping hand might have you ending up pulling back a nub. Anyone who discards half-eaten Timmy Wong's egg rolls and Tootie Ramsey's skatastic chicken bones cannot be the bearer of good taste and morals. One time in our morning walk, I made the mistake of waking Marmalade Marilyn, a nickname given as she had a diet solely based on discarded packets of marmalade from the Tempo Diner. Marilyn typically sleeps on the north-facing bench in the park across from our building. Today... She seemed to have collected an unusual amount of marmalade and was attracting all sorts of rodents and insects. She was like the St. Francis of Assisi for trash animals. A gentle nudge with the heel of my shoe eventually woke her from her sticky slumber, and I told her, Hey, Marmalade Marilyn, why don't you toss the heap of trash in the garbage? People live here, and you're creating a nightmare for our little fur kitties as they're trying to do their number ones and twos. Well... She barely even moved a muscle and simply opened one eye and said, You touch my jars and I smash your kid. Oh. And with that, she fell back asleep. Just before she released the longest and most foul-smelling s- stream of urine that I have not w- witnessed since my time at the Royal Pennington Convalescent Home, where I handed out copies of the Chicago Tribune and McCall's at the exact same time that they were changing the bedpans. A glamorous job, but I needed the volunteer credit to graduate. <laughs> anyway, Marmalade Marilyn got some got some on my Jimmy Choo's, and the combination of Timmy Wong and Jimmy Choo's being disrespected on the same morning was too much for this pup parent to comprehend. So I marched my now damp Choo's over to the security guard in the park and launched a formal complaint. I could overlook Miss, Mr. Callahan's little trench coat Irish curse, peekaboos, and crazy Martha leaving her own number twos in the park, but once you threaten my dog and urinate on the Choo's, well, that is where I draw the line. Not long after my complaint, they removed a few benches and added a few more trash cans. And as for Marmalade Marilyn goes, well, I hope she's washed that baby blue trench coat of hers by, by now and learned a very valuable lesson. You mess with the woman and her dog, and I'll mess with everything you hold dear. No matter if it's just a crummy collection of jams from Hardee's or a urine-soaked rotting bench. Happy. Oh, to Timmy Wong and Jimmy Choo's with love. It sounds like an Asian drag bar. Yeah. Wow. Fu, thanks for everything. Oh, so your your advice or her advice would be get involved. Yeah. Like get up in the face. Yeah. I don't know. I, I like to. I like. I'm, I'm like a Yelp reviewer. I want to mm. complain from Passive. a distance. Yeah. Yeah. Passive. No, let somebody else do the dirty work. It's just an average day in New York, kids. But you know what's not average? The time. The time that we have. The time for specialty cocktails, specialty drink, fade of blood. And drink it and you die. Drink it, fade You thought you died a little, then you died a lot. This is fatal plus. And then I search a cat. It's the drink we've got. And then I sucked your cat. Did you see? Doesn't matter what I said. This week's cocktail is called the Bulldog Smash in honor of our animal theme this week. It was discovered online 
by producer and bit on the side, James Jules Ferris. I like that guy, but I won't die at the same time. Unless he serves me fatal plus and everything is, is, that's what was planned from the get-go. So this week's Bulldog Smash, how to create it. You will need half a lemon, half a peach, pitted, which by the way, I got at a farmer's market. I brought them home and I didn't know what to do with them. Six to eight fresh mint leaves, one teaspoon simple syrup, and you will muddle all of these items together. Once you're done muddling, add two ounces of bourbon, three quarters of an ounce of Cointreau, shake and strain into a rocks glass that is filled with crushed ice, garnish with a fresh mint leaf, and enjoy it with man's best friend sitting by your side. Ladies and gentlemen, the Bulldog Smash. Oh good, this, this'll cure what ails you. There's one that's been delivered to the, <laughs> but I'm sick. <laughs> yeah, just dump some in a different class. Yeah, you sit and then. Did you make a cocktail? Did you make a picture of it? Make a picture. Did you make a picture of it? Yes, I drew it. Oh, this is a definite brunch beverage. Is it really? It's brunch. See, I'm gonna taste it when I want to all of it. Cheers to Jonestown. <laughs> Fatal! Yeah, I definitely, I definitely let my, my cat or dog make, out with me or make love to me after that. I wouldn't even need to drink half of that to know that Scotch could have his way with me. That's like a roofie right there. That is fatal plus. That is delicious. It's refreshing. And the crushed ice really makes it for me. I love crushed ice. I love bread. I just love bread. This is soothing. It's cooling. Yeah. And even though the fall is, it's got fall hints of fall flavors with the peaches and the, you know, lemons. It's no, It's got no apples in it, but maybe next week we need an apple-based cocktail just to kick your apple picking issue here. Why? I'm feeling dizzy. I'm feeling a little Fatal. weak. I maybe it was the I donut. I feel a little bit dead. Let me take another sip. Nope, nope, fully dead. Bulldog smash. <laughs> <laughs>